Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 40s talk about anime. He doesn't look like Captain Material to me. He's Andy. Oh, Captain, my Captain? And he doesn't seem to recognize any of this. He must be new. It's Matt. I'm pretty sure that's a literary reference. And you should at least feed me. I'm Bill. Feed me! Feed me Feed me Seymour! Feed me all night long. <laughs> I got in trouble for doing that voice because Zach thought I was just being racist. Uh, <laughs> this is the problem when doing movie speak with people who don't know movies. Yes. Hey, guys. Hot ho. So. Hey, we're here with another episode. Tuning Japanese, episode 16 of uh, The Irresponsible Captain Tyler is what we're tackling today. It's uh, titled Strange Love. <laughs> Not fast food loving, but strange love. <laughs> strange fast food love. No. How are you doing today? It's Friday. I got the ranch water. Hold up. You got the ranch water? It's just tequila and sparkling water. Oh. I was expecting, like, ranch dressing mixed with water. (laughs) That's what I thought when you said that. I was like, that sounds disgusting. Yuck. It's just spicy tequila and water. Oh, okay. What are you drinking, Matt? This is our segment where we talk about what we're drinking. Nothing? I'm not drinking anything. I meant to bring some water in, but I didn't do it, so we'll see. Way to fuck up this segment. (laughs) (laughs) I I have bottled water. That's what I have. So I guess mine's not exciting either. Hold on, hold on. I'll suck down some saliva. (laughs) There. I've had a little to drink. Okay. (laughs) I thought he was against alcohol. Before we get into this episode... Uh, I'm going to throw it out there. Does anyone have any nerd news for us? I, I, I do. I do. I brought some. Yay! Ooh, Bill actually ready without me having to prompt him? Like, really prompt him? Yes. I'm excited. Okay. Lay it on us, Bill. It seems, from reliable sources, oh, that we have a set cast for Fantastic Four. No. That's what they're saying. Okay, I missed this on your on the Discord. So, uh, oh, did you really? I must have missed it. I thought you were doing a bit. <laughs> I'm not doing a bit. I'm actually being real, keeping it real. That's what I do. That's what I'm going to do in 2024. I'm going to keep it real from here on out. I don't know what that means. Anyway, <laughs> in the role of Reed Richards, Mister Fantastic, uh, we are going to have Pedro Pascal. Okay, that has been rumored. Again, this has not been confirmed. Let's make that clear for our fans. Not been confirmed by Marvel, but my understanding is the source that's giving these out 
is pretty much 100% in their their leaks, their scoops, however you want to put it. Must be some insider. One of our friends follows him and has said, yeah, he's pretty much 100% accurate. I'd be fine. That's a rumor I've heard for a while. I'd be fine with that. I like Pedro Pascal. Um, I do, too. He doesn't scream Reed Richards to me. Mm-hmm. But I bet he could pull it off. I'm sure he will be fine. Yeah. You should absolutely go back to our Discord and uh, read that conversation. I will have to. For uh, Sue Storm, we are getting Vanessa Kirby. No idea who that is. I didn't either. She apparently was on The Crown. <laughs> Sounds she, familiar. She's kind of an upcomer who's been in some things. My understanding is that uh, the people they initially thought about, which was Emma Stone and Margot Robbie, both won way too much money. So they are saving money with uh, Vanessa Kirby. And that's fine, because Sue Storm is a boring character, in my estimation. I think maybe Emma Stone is funny enough she could have really made Sue into something. We've seen a lot of characters that were kind of boring and didn't do much in the comics that they did, you know, gave them something to do in the movies. That is true. She was in some of the Mission Impossible movies. Uh, She's been in... She's in that Napoleon movie... And she was in The Crown. So we'll see. Okay. For uh, Johnny Storm, we're going to get Joseph Quinn. All right. Eddie from Stranger Things. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. I guess. I didn't like Stranger Things that much. So, like, I mean, I I guess he could work. You didn't get that far in, did you? I liked season one just fine. Season two was bad. It was just, it was really bad. Oh, this guy only showed up in, like, season four. Okay, so maybe I don't know who this is then. Maybe I'm... Who am I picturing that was, like, the rock and roll teenager kid? I mean, he is kind of the rock and roll teenager kid, but he didn't show up till real late. I swear there was a rock and roll teenager kid in season one. I mean, Will listened to, like... Was it The Strokes? Or... I forget. But, no, this kid's... This kid's older. He's, like, a senior in high school when they, yeah, join, when they go to high school. Okay. Uh, he runs the Hellfire Club. You've seen the Hellfire Club shirts for, like, the D&D club. Mm-hmm. And he's their GM. Oh, okay. He's a cool character, and I... Big Metallica fan. Yes, big Metallica fan. And, um, obviously I'm excited for uh, the role of Ben Grimm, one of my all-time favorite characters, is Ebon Moss Bacharach? Bacharach? And Mr. Elvis Costello. I only know him really as the cousin on the bear. The bear. Wrong bear. We watched. We watched a little bit of the bear. Sure, sure. I. I mean, sure. I, I'll. I'll level with you. I don't think the Fantastic Four is a good group. Like I. I've never been a huge fan of the comics. I. The first movie was fine. The second movie, I had nostalgia for because it was the first date between me and my ex husband. And then I never watched the remake of the Fantastic Four. Yeah, the remake. Michael B. Jordan was in it, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, the remake was fine. Like, it wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but it you were fine missing it. That's good to know. I like the Fantastic Four, and I think I like to see them get a real Marvel Universe treatment. The problem is, it's hard to deliver on the word fantastic. From what I'm understanding, I guess they're going to make it a period piece in the 60s. Oh. Okay. Weird. I just want to see Doctor Doom. That's the that's the only good part about the Fantastic Four, in my estimation, is Doctor Doom is a fantastic villain. Oh, the Thing is great. The Thing is a great character. Yeah, he's all right. He's got all the pathos of like I'm a monster and yeah, but I'm a tough fine. guy, heart of gold. Like I don't know. It's fine. The Thing the Thing is awesome. 
I mean, Johnny Storm's probably my favorite of the of the four. Yeah, but you don't really get anything out of Johnny Storm. You don't get out of plenty of other comic characters who are right. hot-headed young men who just act a fool. Because Johnny has stormy eyes. <laughs> but yes, uh, uh, Reed is damn near a villain a lot of times. And yeah, Sue's kind of boring. She is. She's kind of a sexy <laughs> lamp. That's why the Jeez. ultimate universe. That's the old. Why the old ultimate universe just made Reed Richards into the maker. Yes. Straight up villainy. And that made total sense. Yeah. But I, again, I love the thing. So I'm hoping it's going to be good. Here's hoping just because I like to go watch good movies. Not try not to be down on it, but I just, maybe it's just <laughs> not, not meant for me. So I, I'm excited about the idea of a period piece, like going back even further in the MCU. Yeah. Well, oh, you know, it would make me happy if, uh, if somehow they involved Agent Carter. Yeah. That'd be cool. We'll see if that that rumor, that leak is true, and uh, how that will fare when we get to that point. But, uh, Matt, did you have anything you wanted to add today? This is exciting me so much, I will probably be met with crushing, crushing disappointment. <laughs> From us? No. <laughs> oh, okay. From the saying. nerd news. Have either of you ever heard of Jeff Garzik before? I know Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> I don't think so. Apparently, he's a crypto pioneer. Then no. Which is not at all really related to the uh, nerd news. If it was a cryptid pioneer, Bill would know it. But a crypto pioneer. <laughs> it's true. I absolutely would know crypto pioneer. I know crypto <laughs> pioneers. <laughs> when I was a teenager. When I was a young warthog. When I was a teenager, one of my favorite book series. Ziz, ziz, ziz. <laughs> was uh was the post-apocalyptic adventure series Deathlands. That is the most like edge lord title. <laughs> it's Deadlands. It's, it's it was a, it was a series they wrote like 100 books for it. Okay. And it's still being continued through uh through fully produced audio dramas. Is it pronounced Deathlands or Deathlands? I can only talk. I say Deathlands. I'm the only one who can talk. I don't know. Don't ask me about other people. I am not other people. I am me. I am me, sir. He has the conch shell. Let him talk. <laughs> this Garzik guy wants to bring to us a 10-part TV series based on the books. And he wants Jonathan Frakes from Star Trek The Next Generation to be the one to direct it. Now, just the fact that they're making a Deathlands is enough to get me super excited, but I also have loved Jonathan Frakes' TV directorial efforts. I do like Jonathan Frakes. What else has he directed? I'm pretty sure he directed some of the episodes of Gargoyles. Ooh. Since he was he was Anatos. He has, of course, directed uh, directed episodes of Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> Strange New Worlds, Picard... He directed two episodes of The Orville. That's fun. Ten, ep ten episodes of The Librarians. Three episodes of the Alien Invasion TV series Falling Skies, which I thought was pretty good. Burn Notice, several episodes of that. Castle V, the reboot remake of the old 84 Alien Invasions. Okay, series. so there's some good, there's some good stuff yeah. in there. V was pretty good and then it just like went nowhere. Right? It wasn't, I did not hate it, but it, yeah, it just was like, he kind of gave up. Jonathan Frakes, I trust him to direct a good, a good show. 
And I can't wait to see what happens with this Deathlands series. Hey, uh, so Matt, help me out here so I can get excited with you. My. T- tickle my balls a little bit. Um, <laughs> what, uh, <laughs> give me like the 30 second pitch for this Deathlands show. <laughs> like what's, what's, what's the, what, what's the, what's the premise? It's a little alternate history now because this is how it started. The world blew out in 2001 after heightened Cold War tensions between the U.S. and Russia caused World War III. It is now almost a hundred years later. Basically, the whole world is borked. And we have a small group of people who discover a Star Trek teleporter, basically. And they travel around America, which is now known as the Deathlands. Interesting. All right. I mean, I'd give it a shot. Garzik described it as Mad Max Fury Road meets Yellow Jackets. I haven't seen Yellow Jackets, so I can't vouch for that. But I want to. I kind of want to. I kind of want to see Yellow Jackets now that he's mentioned it. No, Yellow Jackets was awesome. I haven't seen Mad Max Fury Road, but I have seen Yellow Jackets. There you go. What's it get? Put it together. The two of you mm-hmm. can attest to this being really good. Because there was in 2003, the Sci-Fi Channel made a really crappy. TV movie based on based on the fourth <laughs> Deathlands book, and it was not it was not book accurate. Uh, I am shocked. <laughs> yeah. It made me mad at the time. Why did they start with the fourth book? I don't know. Maybe they figured they'd had the better plot of the first few. Because sci-fi. Okay, I guess. Weird. Because three prequels. <laughs> they, they, they took the Star yeah, Wars could, route. Maybe have been. Except they totally cut out characters that were in those books, including the most important one and my favorite. So, Winabouts, just sometime in the future? It's only a couple days old, so they may not have decided on that yet. Yeah, early, or too early to figure out. But that's cool. Very cool. Nice. Death, Deathlands. We'll, uh, we'll see how that pans out. <laughs> Deathlands. Deathlands. It's like, like the Redlands in California. Deathlands. Yes, the Deathlands. <laughs> uh I don't have much for nerd news. I will just mention just two things quickly in passing. Uh, Power World is still awesome. Uh, it has now sold eight, I think the last time I checked, it was eight million copies on Steam in six days. Wow. Uh, which is unbelievable. Uh, it's had the second highest, most concurrent players on Steam of any game ever. It's the most uh, downloaded Steam game in Japan, beating out Elden Ring. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I will, uh, or a or Japanese made game, I should say, on Steam, uh, beating out Elden Ring. And then, uh, I just picked up Tekken 8, which came out today, and I have not played it yet, but I'm very hopeful. The reviews are really good. It's got a Metacritic score of like 90, which is crazy for a fighting game. Uh, so I am, I am ready to dive into that at some point after we get done podcasting. Uh, okay. Sweet. All right, but we, we've been rambling for too long, and I'm going to have to edit that down. Uh, we are going to head into uh, this week's episode, uh, which is episode 16, Strange Love. He's the one they call Dr. Strange Love. Uh, stuck, stuck his dick in a cheeseburger. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it's yeah. a Matt episode. Yeah. So, Matt, tell us about this weird episode. <laughs> this episode begins with... The Empress, lying in bed when she's awakened by the sound of a little bell on the end of a necklace, which goes off at the same time that Dom is returning to the Raugan fleet with Tyler in tow. Do you think that's like her um, her ringtone on her phone for her alarm, or is it just like, like to wake up in the morning? Or I think it was probably an accident. I think it just shifted. <laughs> it's her magic love necklace yeah. of fate. 
Yeah, that's a ticket. That is the most anime thing I've ever heard. I love the fact we finally learn anything about this character. Yeah, I bet you, I thought you would. Yes. <laughs> now we cut to her, to uh, Tyler, Dom, and Shia Haas. They're traveling along. Tyler is blindfolded. And Tyler is reminded by Dom that the Raoguns don't keep prisoners alive. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I know. My uh, Harumi, the spy that I love and trust, uh, told me all about it. And she is like, what? <laughs> yes. They are quite surprised. I don't know why, but I love the way they tied the blindfold right on him. Front. Like it, it, it feels so in the front, which just feels so wrong and different from like any time <laughs> I've ever seen a scene where anyone is blindfolded. I imagine if they want to tighten it, it's going to hurt. Probably right. Shiahas can't believe that he let himself be taken, knowing that he was going to die. And Tyler here shows some brains and a little bit of snark when he tells her that if Dom wanted him dead, he'd already be dead. Even a fool can see that. <laughs> Shiahas is annoyed and Dom smiles a bit. Yeah, I can't read Dom's face in this at all. I can't read Dom as a character at all. Like, I don't understand his motives. Like, I don't think, I mean, we talked about he wants Tyler. Uh, for the last episode or whatever it was. But, like, I, I I think he respects him but doesn't respect him. And then he, I think he likes him but hates him. I can't, I can't get a read on Dom. He certainly probably wants to interrogate Tim. <laughs> Forgive me. Is he like a Scorpius situation here? Because I, I, I just finished oh. season two again of uh, of Farscape, my workout show. Scorpius never wants to kill Crichton. Right. He wants to get information from Crichton, and, like, he'll actually go out of his way to make sure that Crichton stays alive. Is that what's going on here with Dom and Tyler? Is this, like, a Scorpius-Crichton situation? Kinda, I think. Except uh, Dom doesn't have anything so concrete as wormhole knowledge as the reason <laughs> that he's interested. That's true. That's true. He just wants to know why Tyler keeps beating him. And everyone else. And everyone else. <laughs> it's obsession. We cut back to the Empress, whose stomach growls. She hungry. Or she got a poop. Ruined. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, we just briefly see her. Then we cut back cut to Tyler, who's being thrown into a cell in front of the unbelieving eyes of the totally not evil Wang. <laughs> and some other Raogon muckety mucks. I love the guy with the eye patch with no visible lines drawn with the eye patch. <laughs> He's my favorite one. Second to the guy with the wrap around his head. Yeah, it was kind of like, like a lizard. The, the, he's, got, he's got like grayscale on like his face. Yeah. Uh, and he's got like a, just one giant spike at the top of his head. It's wild. It's a wild design. Yeah. Those are Wang's lieutenants. Um, One-Eyed Willie and Purple Helmet. <laughs> yes, that's so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the one-eyed guy, not that you'll remember, but the one-eyed guy's name is Lone Hour. Lone Hour? Lone Hour. <laughs> uh, or at least name. that's how they pronounce it on the show. <laughs> or is it Loner? I don't know. No, there's a that's W weird. in there. Okay. All right. Uh, he'll, he'll, get, he'll get some more lines later. I can't wait. To, to connect his uh, eye patch to the rest of his face? <laughs> I think it's just probably <laughs> just bolted on there or something. <laughs> Yeah, so Tyler doesn't look anything like these other Raoguns would have imagined. Dom warns them, Tyler, he may not look like much, but he has, quote, a tactical genius with a mind full of great plans. There's like, what? This guy? 
Yeah, they don't. They're in disbelief in this entire scene. That like, how in the world could this guy do anything worthwhile? This guy sitting there, looking like a man who just suddenly got hit in the face with a fish. They don't understand that humans can look, be really, really stupid looking and very successful. <laughs> look at that crypto guy we saw earlier. <laughs> this is accurate. It is. Tyler toots his own horn a little bit by saying, "For some reason, I have a knack for winning." <laughs> and Wang is like, oh, well, I'd better be careful then. Not wrong. They are all underestimating him. Enough with that. Let's cut back to the Empress, who's sneaking past some guards because they are, of course, asleep on watch. Time for a court-martial, I think. <laughs> you have to have that. That's just That's just a required thing in any sci-fi or fantasy show. Of course! She, she doesn't even wake him up when she drops her necklace. Nope. Well, she catch does catch she do, almost she does catch it, but it still makes noise. Loudest necklace ever. <laughs> I'll be honest though, if I if I were to have someone make me a prop from the show, it would be that one. You don't you don't want the uh, tanuki? <laughs> no, because <laughs> I want the tanuki. <laughs> well, those should be pretty easy to find, actually. That that is yeah. Cool. That <laughs> cut back to Tyler, who's in his cell, wailing to be fed. <laughs> When he decides to lie back down on his little bunk, little bed, his little cot, which collapses, revealing a hole in the wall. Of course. Then we get Tyler's curious, playful kitty cat grin. Yeah. <laughs> and he sneaks out of his cell, unaware that Dom and Shia Haas are both watching him. Lots of questions about this. So, like, Dom is, like, smiling about it. Yeah. Because it's proven him right. Yeah. As they knew he was going to sneak, he was going to take the opportunity to leave. Right. Yeah, he, it, it just makes him look better that he was, A, not beaten by a nobody, and B, he was right in identifying this guy as dangerous. So is he not taking action because he knows that, like, Tyler can't go anywhere anyway? Or he just wants it to be proof that, yeah, see? Okay. Partially that, partially he just wants... Tyler to prove himself in some way. I guess. It's weird. It's weird. But I, it makes sense, I suppose. Yeah. You know, he's he's trying to figure out Tyler. He doesn't know how hard a job that's going to be. Oh, gosh. For real. The Empress makes her way to the, what I assume is the ship's galley, cafeteria, whatever. Because she is hungry for a midnight snack. But Tyler's there already, chowing down on some railgun food and wearing a disguise. I love his disguise. It's a hat. Yeah, just a fez. Well, not even a fence, like a, like a sock, <laughs> like a, an ill-fitting Keebler elf hat. He stole he stole the red cap off a red cap gnome and put it on his head. Go and do that. And it, important to note, he does nothing to make his ears look the slightest bit Ralgon. He doesn't care. I think there is. I, th I think there is hair, aren't they? A little bit, but you see enough of it that you could tell. Yeah, right. <laughs> I kind of wondered that myself. I was like, I guess they're just assuming that. He's doing the D&D elf, like, I'm not an elf thing, yep. but in reverse. The Empress sneaks up while he's eating and grabs a bowl of something or other. Space fruit. Space, 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 fruit, fruit, fruit. Fruit in space! <laughs> she grabs it, and she runs right into a wall. She does run into a wall. Bong dong. I love, I love the scene right following where Tyler's looking up, and she's looking up at him, and it's just... It's adorable. <laughs> he cracks a smile, and she cracks a smile, 
And he's like, if you were hungry, you should have just said so. And they dine together. They do. Doesn't she have people for that? Yeah, but... You think? <laughs> she makes note of saying, of monologuing, that she can't let it be known that she sneaks midnight snacks. Because God forbid a woman eat. I think she wouldn't have to sneak them. She could just tell somebody to go do it. It was the 90s. She didn't want to, doesn't want to eat in front of men. They could have brought it back to her room. <laughs> She's also royalty. People are probably also not supposed to know that she takes shits. Uh, that's true. This is very true. Elves don't take shits. Space Deedlet definitely doesn't. Elves don't take shits from nobody. You, you should invest in the documentary, Everybody Poops. <laughs> With the documentary. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But not when, you're, not when you're elves. <laughs> now, since he's there cooking, she, call, she calls him a chef. She thoroughly thinks he's a chef. She's very much convinced. Because she doesn't understand what working people do. Right. Out of touch royalty. And she wasn't, like, told that, like, they just brought Tyler here? Like, what? They never showed her a picture of Tyler? She was asleep in. They so never they showed her this entire time what this <laughs> Captain Tyler looks like. Right. I mean, it's not like they just hand her a mugshot or something. Wanted poster, man. <laughs> space wanted poster. Space wanted poster. Ten billion double space dollars. <laughs> Ralgon yen. <laughs> Ralgon yen. Double, double, double Ralgon yen. She's eating with him and she... As I said before, she totally doesn't realize that he's, and I'm going to use a pejorative here, a round ear. <laughs> are we allowed to say that? I don't know. I mean, we <laughs> are, because we are, but... Okay, but if, some, but if El- someone else Elves did. can't. Elves can't, okay. I know, I, I know I'd heard somewhere I read or saw an elf calling a human a round ear. I, I like that. That's, that's, that's really cute. I've seen elves called knife ears, so that's... Oh, <laughs> I'm just glad they stay out of Wayne's protein yogurt. Oh, God. Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Bill, or Bill. Hey, Matt, tell uh, me yeah. about the, <laughs> sorry. Matt, tell okay. me about the, ba- tell me about the balls. Well, one's slightly higher than the other one. The, the, the room full of balls. <laughs> ah, well, see, after, after they have a bite to eat, the Empress invites him on a walk and they find themselves in the soldier's recreation room, which is totally a holodeck. Yeah, right. 100%. Which the Empress activates, and they find themselves on an alien planet. When she first puts her hand in that thing, because she's like, I've never really been here in this thing before, I think she says at one point, which I call bullshit on, because then later she's like, I have a cabin here. No, she recognizes the area it's supposed to be. Oh, yeah. okay. I get that. Okay. Well, anyway, it's she, like a like, drug from her memories or made ghosts or something. Gotcha. Okay. Well, she touches the thing, and she's like... It's like the captain's recreation quarters, and she, like, touches his orb, and she feels a sensation. She's like, ooh, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> the captains fuck that thing, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> they stick their dick in that. Get that sensation. Get that warmth, and it just turns into a giant vagina wall, like, from Dave Made a Maze. Wang has definitely produced <laughs> some of his uh, pro- oh, oh, protein oh. yogurt here. Guys, 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 if you have the video open... um. Go to timestamp eight hundred or eight minutes and eight minutes and twenty two seconds, and just watch like five seconds. It absolutely is for fucking. Because watch what that orb does and where it immediately goes on the male character of Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> right? It doesn't. It's just, it's it's like. It Would you like to put it her. in, sir? <laughs> it floats away from her and does like a little fancy figure eight and stops right at his donger. 
I will uh, I will go ahead and point out that a few moments later it is much higher. Yeah, above the waistline. <laughs> that's good. That's good. He's like, get up here. My woman's here. Stop it. <laughs> but I saw that episode of uh, Gen V with a guy who can't resist putting his thing in holes. I have not seen that show yet. Granted, there's no hole in this thing, but he'll make one. I think it's all hole. It's a, it's all hole. <laughs> Episode title. <laughs> That's so gross. So, like Bill said, the Empress totally recognizes where they are as being her home planet. I love this scene, oh, like, good. visually. I thought that the, the drawings of the home planet and everything, like, at first it felt like very, like, Akira Toriyama Dragon Ball, but then also, like, had, like, I don't know, just something that, like, it didn't feel like Tyler. And right. it felt like it was paying homage to something, and I couldn't quite 100% place it, but I really, really thought it was beautiful. Yes, it's a good job depicting an actual alien world. They have dandelions in Elfland. <laughs> I could easily see. I could easily see this world on a Star Trek episode, except maybe the uh, bubbles just randomly in the sky. But it's it's nice. There's a quiet moment when Azaline looks at some alien dandelions. Which she throws into the air, kind of dances around a little bit, and she and Tyler have a have a little laugh, getting to be friends, you know. They're they're kind of cute together. They are. Keep it. Keep in mind, he's about four to five years older than she is. Yeah, and keep in mind, this is anime. <laughs> Azaline is quiet and contemplative for a bit when Tyler flashes her a smile. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Dom and Shia Haas and a complement of soldiers are watching. As the scene changes to the break card. <gasps> wow, that was quick! Welcome into the break card. My name is Andy, and you're listening to a brand new episode of Tuning Japanese. We are in the midst of the irresponsible Captain Tyler. It has been a fantastic time going through the series, and we hope that you are enjoying it as well. I want to jump in here and talk about the fact that I was on another podcast and we were talking about anime. Go check out the Let's Talk Nerdy podcast. You can find them anywhere you would listen to podcasts and also on YouTube if you want to see this sexy mug on there. Uh, talked about anime, talked about sort of like a beginner's guide and some of my personal favorite anime, how I got into anime and just had a fantastic time. Dave and Adam are amazing hosts. And it's episode number 35, titled Anime 101. Uh, it's really a great episode. I hope you enjoy listening to that. And if you uh, listen to that, give them a like, show them some love, give them a subscribe, whatever you need to do to show them a little bit of extra care and love. They were fantastic hosts, and we hope to maybe bring one or both of them on for an episode with us at some point in the future. You can head to our Patreon at patreon.com slash japanese where you can get all kinds of bonus content. We released our episode of Black Clover, our tuning in episode, so that's up there. There's all kinds of other bonus content. You're going to find a bunch of other content there, episodes, bonus stuff. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Japanese. I think this is good enough. We need to get back into this review. This episode is weird, and we're going to get to a music video of all things here soon on this episode. Uh, so let's get back into our review of The Irresponsible Captain Tyler. We're back from the break card. Okay, we're back to Azaline and Tyler. Azaline picks a berry from a bush and says that it cleanses the palate. Looks like a blackberry. Yeah. It do. It do. Tyler reaches for one also when the cute marketable item shows up. <laughs> Bill's shaking his head no. Bill is not convinced. 
<laughs> no. I fucking love this thing. <laughs> I don't know if I call it the cute marketable thing, but I fucking love it. It's like two Pokemon fucked in a microwave. <laughs> <laughs> no! Oh, Bill! Oh. It's got, like, weird um, marsupial kind of, like,ness to it, but, like... It's like if Peter Boyle went into the, the fly transporter with a frog. <laughs> <laughs> I think it, it looks... To me, like a bit, like a cross between a uh, koala and maybe a uh, capybara. There's definitely a koala-ishness to it. Did you suspect that Asling would recognize this furry little creature? Yes, because she does. Yes, I did expect that. Its name I is Peko Peko. What it was? <laughs> it is a Pokemon. It's it just said its name. No, it's, it's a Pekomon. It's named twice. It's a Peko Pekomon. Peko Pekomon. Peko Pekomon. Pekomon. I like Gotta it. get away from the thing before it eats your brain. Pecko, 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 pecko. Pecko, pecko runs off and Esling chases after it. Then Tyler gets a face full of echo, pecko. <laughs> she gets mad about it, too. <laughs> yes, Tyler's, Tyler's like, hua, hu, hua, ha, ha, gotcha. Then they collide. And she takes a swing at him after one moment of shaking, hmm, with her cheek right up against him going, wait a minute, how dare you? Swing and a miss. It's like if a football thought you didn't love Jesus enough. (laughs) 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 Tyler, of course, being used to this treatment, just shrugs it off and goes after Peko Peko saying, just leave it to me. And he ends up uh, in a bad situation. He does. Oh, my God. Do you think it could be dun 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 the bottomless swamp? Do you guys do you guys ever have like an irrational fear as a child of like quicksand? Like <laughs> we all did. Okay, just making sure. We all did. Irrational. Okay. That's that is a meme at this point. It is, uh, <laughs> we we were raised to think quicksand was going to be a way bigger problem than it actually turned out to be. I just really loved the Perfect Strangers episode where Larry and Balky both get caught in the quicksand. That's a great episode. I love that show. Yeah, me too. Very underrated. Speaking of sitcoms, the very sitcom joke suddenly happens. Tyler is drowning. He's drowning. Oh, no. Wait a minute. He can stand up. Do you think he did it on purpose or he just didn't realize he could stand up? That's a good question. Because <laughs> he, 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 comes, he comes up all nonchalant. And he's like, what do you know? I can stand. And they all have a great laugh about it. Even Peko Peko. Even Peko Peko. And then it starts raining. It's raining, Peko! Well, um... <laughs> this place does it all. Hallelujah. It's raining, how Peko. That goes. But, uh, <laughs> but thankfully, he finds a giant fucking leaf. Well, I hope they're not going to do that with it, but... It is a giant leaf. Yes. It's a shield. Makes a handy umbrella. I've always wanted to try and use a giant leaf as an umbrella. Ever since, of course, uh, My Neighbor Totoro. Probably, probably an homage. Could be. Speaking of, like, uh, sitcoms, too, when he throws it up in a little bit in the air, it does that thing where it stops, <laughs> yeah. freeze frames, like Mary Tyler Moore. Anyway. Yeah, Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> yeah. I think it's a Mary Tyler Moore reference. He's anyway. gonna make it after all. And then, and then the Family Guy version where it's stuck up there, and he's like, what? I... 
<laughs> Matt, we get a we get a That's montage good. and a love song. We do. This was weird. They're off to find a quote unquote cottage that Asleen says should be nearby. Tyler is first a little hesitant. Asleen asks him if he doesn't like cottages. Then she says oddly, "Or is it that you just don't like me?" Yeah. She is hard up for friends. Or dick. I imagine if you're royalty, you don't <laughs> that too. But I imagine if you're if you're um if you're royalty and they you know you have to do certain things and you're not allowed you have to sneak out to get yeah. just to get like. Cheetos. I'm, I'm like, sure she has very much enjoyed just having someone to talk with normally. I agree. What are your thoughts on this song, Matt? I like it. The song is Strange Lover by Chihiro Imai, and it starts playing as soon as he throws the leaf up into the, uh, the air. And they, we get this little montage of them running through the rain. We get a full-blown fucking music video. We do. <laughs> <laughs> But it doesn't play the full song, thankfully. That'd be a little too much. They must have had no budget for this episode. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. 100% no. Well, they they had to pay that really wicked artist for doing that background. Right? absolutely. Eventually, the rain stops, and the song fades out along with it, as t when Tyler and Asleen find themselves in front of a rather large, quote-unquote, cottage. Must be a summer palace. Yeah, like a beehive with a fucking tank entrance in the front. Makes sense. Tyler's like, this is quite the cottage. Then it gets weird again. This episode is very weird. This episode is very emotional. I would I would, I would, grant you that. It's weird, but... As they're standing in front of the cottage entrance, when this figure appears, he's all in shadow, but we know from Asleen that it's the former emperor, her father... He's calling out to her while holding a bell necklace, just like hers. Except red. Or it might even be the same one. Because the colors is... It's a different color, but the color is all wonky in this place. Well, that's true. Yeah, I agree. Uh, she dropped hers earlier. Yeah, she dropped it earlier. Yes. And uh, Dom picked it up. We saw him do that. This scene, like... Okay, so the first time... I, I get it. But, like, the first time I watched it, like, it felt really menacing. Like, he was... Like, she needed the necklace to be able to, like, ward off an evil spirit. And then she's like, oh, my God, I can't go near you because because of that. And I get it's not it's not what it yeah. is, but, like, it has that vibe. It's the well, ghost it's of weird. my daddy. It is kind of menacing because this is clearly things she's not prepared to deal with right now. No, daddy. The image of her father keeps beckoning her, and then Peko Peko beckons her to join them. And Azaline turns off the holodeck final, after a few moments of indecision. Because she really wants to go up there and be with her father, even if it's just a ghost, for all intents and purposes. I'm sad to see Peko Peko go. I hope that we see Peko Peko again we at some point. We won't, because if he's in the memory, he's been dead a long time. You don't know that! Hmm. She said this was my pet. She, <laughs> did she? she did say that. Yeah, did Peko Peko's know? been yeah. dead. You know how he was dead before he ever <laughs> met him. I just, I just want Peko Peko to be the star of the show now. The irresponsible Peko Peko. The is what I it's want to watch. It's the very responsible Peko Peko. Yeah, no, that dude, that dude, like, like no, does his yeah. taxes himself. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Just episodes of him doing Good. paperwork yeah. and taxes. Uh -huh. Azaline hunkers down, conceivably lost in her memories, accompanied only by the ghosts of her past. Oh, that's really poetic, Matt. Tyler hangs back for a minute until he shocks her out of her near seat of catatonia with his peco peco impression. 
Okay, I fucking love this. <laughs> this was so good. <laughs> Let's it's take so it easy. Fucking there's good. Good stu- there's lots of bad stuff in life, but there's lots of good stuff too, Paco. It's so fucking good. <laughs> she smiles she and smiles. says, You look funny. And they laugh again. Tyler asserts, Young girls look best when they're laughing. She's not she's not that Okay, young, we don't she need says. We don't need that. <laughs> We we don't need that, Tyler. Take that like women look prettier yeah. when they smile bullshit yeah. away. Like we you don't need so that. Much if you but smile. otherwise, I laughter and happiness on the face of anyone makes them look better. I think is really what he wants to say. Yeah, but he did. Yeah, that's not what he said. <laughs> well, she objects to it. She it, she it does object 90s. to what he said. Okay. Then Dom finally has had enough of hiding in the shadows, doing whatever the hell he was doing. I think the. Soldiers we saw with him were just a protect a protection squad or something in case Tyler did something. Shit, totally meant to make a point of when she told Tyler that his name that her name was Asling, which I think was the first time we'd heard it on the show. Yeah, I hadn't heard. I don't remember it before. Yeah, I think that was the first time. I f- I feel bad because that was kind of a big moment that we finally learned that her name is Asling. No, we could. We're, we're talking about it. We're talking about it right now. So, so yeah. Yeah, I know. And the fact that she trusts yes. him enough to tell to tell him her name. I mean, she would That's tell anybody her name, right? I mean, I, no, I don't. It's her name. I don't think so. She goes by Goza the Sixteenth. You know, once you become an emperor, you have to, or a king, you have to choose previous names of kings. Oh, okay. So like, she gave him her pope name. Yeah, not her birthday. Yeah. Okay, there I gotcha. Go. I was thinking like, what's your name, little girl? Like, Tyler didn't show up in a white van. <laughs> oh gosh. With Subway. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Dom returns the necklace that she dropped earlier. And to Dom's surprise, she says that she wishes for Tyler to have it. She doesn't call him by name, but she says, I wish this man to have it. And she gives it to Tyler and walks away. Tyler's put back in the cell and thrown some clothes. I assume this cell is not one that's easily escapable from. And we cut to some time later, and Tyler's officially brought before... Azaline, here known as Emperor Goza the Sixteenth, who is, of course, shocked to learn that the person she spent the night with was, in fact, the person she had wanted to see all this time, Captain Tyler. <gasps> Pedro's shocked! <laughs> Pedro's kids are like waterfalls. For sexy wang. No, no, no. What? <laughs> Pedro's, Pedro's sexy wang. <laughs> wang. Reminds everyone that Tyler's going to have to be killed, but Asleen <laughs> says something different. She says, this man will not be killed. And Wang's like, oh, uh, what? And Asleen then declares ins- that instead, she will make a pet out of Tyler. And that henceforth, Tyler will be known as Paco Paco. Yeah. He's going to become court jester, essentially. Well, then they say they're going to treat him like a pet. And then they put him on a table. So I thought yes. they were going to cut his nuts off. Yeah. Yeah, I can see how you would think that. <laughs> yes. A mo- we cut to sometime later again, and the episode ends with Tyler on a table, about to be given the finest treatment, quote, the treatment appropriate for Her Highness's new pet. I can totally see how you might think about be cutting his junk off, except for the fact that he has his pants on, and his I mean, top is, un- is, is exposed for now. instead. <laughs> 
Wow. Okay, I missed that. So when I watched this episode earlier today, I I must have missed that whole scene right, right there at the end. I just saw. I just watched. Maybe railgoths keep their testicles on their chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, they should know better because he's not a railgoth. That's why that ball was so high on Tyler. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yes, they are going to do something oh. to Tyler. What that is? Well, we'll let time reveal the answer to us. Uh, that is episode number 16. That's Strange Love. Matt, tell us your thoughts on this episode. I do enjoy this episode. It's a good song. Uh, I'll be honest, after I saw this, I found the song online and I put it on a regular rotation. Just like the rain song. Exactly. Here comes the rain. Here comes the rain. Here it comes again. <laughs> no. That was my favorite. That was one of my favorite moments, Matt. Where you're like, you really wanted to be on that episode, and then we we just revealed. Just, I just really like that song. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad, glad to hear it. Uh-huh. So, uh, I think it's a good episode. I think it's. I like the emotions that it brings out. I almost got a little choked up talking about some of it. You, I don't know if you noticed, but I did. You're so soft hearted, and I mean that. In a, I mean that in a I nice know. way. <laughs> and it is a turning point in the series. I think. So I really like it. I like how it sets things up from here on out. I also like this episode. Uh, it's a change of pace. It is not just the Soyokaze narrowly, quote unquote, narrowly escapes danger. Once again, we get a cool alien planet, even if it's like, you know, artificial intelligence. This princess finally gets a character. Uh, and I like the character. Uh, so, you know, I, I, I think, uh, I think generally, it was a good episode. Yeah, I mean, it's an episode where something happened. Again, that's kind of a low bar, but uh, we do get to see his luck working outside the confines of a military ship where he ducks her punch and <laughs> breaks the bed to get out of the room. And um, Yeah, it was fine. Yeah. I mean, definitely romance comedy kind of episode. I don't know if I ever, ever even thought that his uh, luck was playing a part in this, but yeah. I see that. Well, when they're doing the whole, like, they're chasing the Peco Peco, uh, he runs into her, and she's, like, face up against his chest. Yeah. And she's all like, how dare you touch my face, or whatever. Yeah. And takes a, takes a swing at him, and he just, like, immediately is, like, moved, like, isn't there. Yes. It was rather effortless. That was episode 16, Strange Love. Next time, it's episode 17, The Unjust Dessert. And from looking at the brief little description underneath this... I think Bill's finally going to get his wish of an episode where the Soyokaze is without Tyler. Neat. It's a me episode? That tracks. Yep. So maybe, just maybe, I'll have a good episode. We'll see. But that's next time. We got to get out of here because we've got more recording to do. More recording. Bill! Yeah. Take us out of here. This has been Tuning Japanese, a podcast where three dudes in their 40s talk about anime. And you should at least feed me, guys. Seriously. If we're going to do a double episode, I'm getting hungry. Who are you? I'm Bill. I haven't had a Snickers, so I'm not me when I'm hungry. <laughs> I'm rubbing <laughs> off on you. Yeah, no kidding. I don't seem to recognize any of this. I must be new. I'm Matt. And I know I don't look like Captain Material, but trust me. You're not. <laughs> <laughs> I will steer your ship wherever you want. My name is Andy. And we'll see you next time. A peco peco on your cheek is kisses. I forgot my name because I've been drinking. Thanks for listening to Tuning Japanese. 
For more information on our show, visit tuningjapanese.com, where you can find links to our past eight seasons of the show, bonus episodes, and articles. You can also contact us on social media. Visit facebook.com slash tuningjapanese for updates, tweet at us at tuningjapanese, and email us your feedback and comments at tuningjapanese at gmail.com. Please consider supporting our show by leaving a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to today's episode. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Podbean, or any other number of podcatchers. You can also go to patreon.com slash tuningjapanese and support the show monetarily. There you can find bonus episodes and our special audio series, Tuning In, where we provide first impressions on a number of popular anime series. Special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Ryan Nash and Matthew Van Diver. So, you say you have a cottage, Azaline? Up ahead. You want to see? We can get out of the rain. I don't know. Why? What's wrong, Chef? A cottage, huh? Oh. You don't like cottages? No, it's not that. Oh, then you just don't like me. Huh? Oh, don't be silly. <laughs> Let's go! Let's go!